Aloha. Welcome to Global Yoga Flow Podcasts. In this podcast, we ask the question, what does it mean to free our minds? Are we really free to direct our own thoughts? Or are our minds held hostage by daily demands? If so, how can we change this? In the yoga lifestyle, we teach the power of thought, the power of deliberate thinking and feeling, and its ability to change our vibration and therefore attract a new and better future for ourselves. But in this technocratic world where we are so involved in survival, so involved in keeping the machine of our world running, are we really free to think? Now here's an interesting way to look at how much time we are free to move our minds to a place that's beyond what's immediately in front of us. The majority of people are, are compelled to think about one and the same thing their whole lives as we live in this technocratic world. And it's easy to see this if you take the topics of a typical human in our world and what they think about and analyze them in terms of distinct time segments, adding up the time that humans spend thinking about each particular subject. And by this simple but scientific method, we can determine the prevailing thought in a contemporary human being's life and in society. So let's say that a human being lives an average of 80 years. And then as an infant, this human is looking at the world, which is waiting for him or her to get to know it. And clothing and housing and food are provided for this child by his parents. And the parents also attempt, either consciously or not, through their behavior to impart to this new human their thoughts and the way they see the world. The visible process of getting to know what life is all about lasts for approximately 18 years. And over the course of these years, the technocratic world attempts to impress upon this new human's thought its own importance. And uh, this new human is directed to find a place within that technocratic world. Then over the remaining, let's say, 62 years of this human's life, Let us assume that he or she can control the tendencies of thought. So for a certain number of hours each day, the human will sleep. Average eight hours a day. So 62 years of the human's life is remaining after the 18 years of influence from the family. And you multiply that by eight hours a day taking leap years into account, and this human will sleep for 587, 928 hours of his life. So sleeping eight hours a day equates to about 22 years of constant sleep in this 62-year lifespan. That leaves 40 hours of wakefulness. Bear with me. It's a little scientific, but this is interesting stuff. Now, at some point during the waking hours, most people are involved with the preparation of food. How much time do you think humans spend on cooking and eating food? 
Well, we looked into it a little and it's about two and a half hours a day. So multiply that by the number of days a human being lives and it comes to 61,242 hours. Wow. So that's about seven years. Subtract this number from the 40 remaining and now we have 33 years. Now in order to be able to obtain food, clothing, housing, a human being dwelling in our technocratic world is pretty much obliged to perform one of the functions essential to this world work. And so now, obliged to work or engage in some business, not because the human really likes it, but for the sake of surviving in the technocratic world, well, how much time do you think this human needs to spend doing that? In other words, working. So in our country, it's, and in most countries, it's about eight hours a day and maybe another hour or two we spend getting to and from work. And then we have a couple of days off. So now let's calculate how many equivalent years in this human's life he or she will spend on work. How about on work that's rarely satisfying? Well, it's about 10 years comes out to about 10 years of work. So we take that from the remaining 33 and now we have 23 years. But still, let's look. What else do humans do when they're not working or dealing with food or sleeping? Well, humans watch TV on average three hours a day. And these three hours amount to eight years of sitting in front of a television. If we take them away from the 23 years, we have 15 years remaining. But even in this time, we're not totally free, humans are not necessarily totally free to think. A human's thought is subject to inertia. What does that mean? It means that if your mind has been passive, just receiving what's coming at you, receiving the television, receiving the boss's orders, receiving the traffic on the freeway, receiving the cashier at the grocery store asking for money. It is, there's a certain um, lack of momentum that needs to turn around to get the mind moving towards, I can think about whatever I want. Where do I want to go? Wow, there's so much. And to get an organized and, and a clear and fast moving mind to go beyond what is into imagination, it takes a little bit of turnaround. It takes a little bit of turnaround time. So a, a human mind can't make a sudden switch from one thing to another or from passive to very clear active thinking. So there's some time spent processing and, and making sense of the information that is, that is received. So all told, the average human spends really only about 15 to 20 minutes of his life reflecting on the mystery of creation reflecting on his or her power to affect that creation. Wow. It's a little heavy, isn't it? 
15 to 20 minutes in an entire lifetime, on average, the mind is allowed to freely wander and ponder and vision. Some don't even think about it at all, and while others spend years contemplating it. Anyone could figure this out if they looked back over the years of their own life. Now, each individual is unique, so it's going to be different for, for different people. But I think we can all agree that our minds are not as free as they're meant to be. We're required often to think about things that do not feel good. And this is not our natural state of being. And often we're required to think about things that are in other people's interest and not our own or our family's best interest. And this is not how we were meant to live. So how do we participate in healing this enslaved mind that many humans are experiencing? How do we give ourselves that very powerful time to allow the mind to go beyond what is and explore and vision and dream a better future for ourselves and for our world? How do we do that? Well, it's, it starts with yoga. It starts with a recognition of the power of your own self and a return to union with the spark of God that is your own soul. Each of us is more important than all the galaxies taken together. Each of us is capable of creating galaxies, creating worlds, affecting beautifully and greatly the world we live in. But each human is also a particle of the whole human family, the commonwealth, which we can regard in its entirety as a whole organism a single essence. I like to think of the planet Earth as an organism and each of us like a cell, a very intelligent cell in the body of Mother Earth. But also spiritually, each soul is a ray of the central sun of love. And once humanity has fallen into this trap of technocratic dependence, this great essence of the universe becomes closed, right? So you you get a sense of the divine God mind that is within each of us. And then you get a sense of, of how we must direct our minds or how we have habitually been directing our minds in this technocratic world. And you start to get that sense of, okay, even our thought has a level of slavery that we need to unwind from. We need to free our minds, free our minds. And, and we're really getting a sense of what that means. Yeah. Anything we want to free, we have to, have to first look very closely at how exactly is it being enslaved. And that's what we're doing here in this podcast. So the universe becomes closed when we do not have freedom of thought. It loses its genuine freedom when each of us lose our genuine freedom to vision, to think, to dream. We become dependent at the same time that we're activating through our habitual thought, we're activating the mechanism of our own 
slavery, of our own self-destruction. So just being consciously aware of this is the first step in wiggling out of it and turning it around. So thanks for listening. Yeah. Another way of life is available to us. And, and just by the fact that you have found this podcast and you're opening your ears and your mind to receiving it, you're part of that turnaround. You're part of choosing, paving that new way of life. And it's quite distinct from our world's everyday norm. It's lived by people in communities of the future. And our souls will be there. And we are dreaming that right now. In the future, our thought will be free and humane. It will be merged into a single aspiration, joy, for everyone. And there will be a diverse expression, of course, of this joy from everyone, but that single aspiration of wanting joy for all will prevail. And this dream, this thought, will lead humanity out of its dead end. The galaxies quiver in joyful anticipation when they feel this human dream merging. And each time that we can step outside of our habitual forced thought patterns in a day, we unfold a new layer of this dream towards beingness. This is the part of the power of meditation. As we begin to take our mind away from habitual thought, away from focus on the outer world, and we begin to dream big beyond limitation, we begin to witness and become part of this new birth, a new co-creation. Our human thought will materialize. It always does. And as we direct it towards greater well-being, a beautiful planet in full harmony and health, then we begin to affect that dream in coming to reality. Momentum. Thought can build momentum. And again, this idea that the mind has an inertia, and if there is loads of momentum from your mind to think only about what is and what needs to be done, then that momentum will need to be slowed down. In a sense, you'll need to put the car in neutral before shifting gears and turning the mind towards what has not been born yet and what that might look like. Take time out of every day, even if it's just 10 minutes. Come away from the spin of what is. Without needing to work out the details, allow your mind to travel towards what could be. Often one of the best ways to help focus the mind is before going into meditation, take up pen and paper and write a few questions for yourself to ponder as you go into your meditation. Things like, if I knew I couldn't fail and all the resources I would need would be there for me, what would I create in my world?
Another question, in my vision of a healthy community, how are things organized? Where does the food come from? What are the daily activities? What do schools look like? How is transportation handled? So whatever is of greatest interest to you, write a few questions from that place of natural interest and allow your mind to imagine beyond what is and reclaim your ability to to dream and to create from this dreaming. This is what the practice teaches us. This isn't namby-pamby daydreaming stuff. This is remembering that all things in the world of form and action arise first from energy, thought, emotion. And if we don't go back to the roots, we just keep doing the same thing over and over. And that is not freedom of thought and not conscious creation. And it's not satisfying or joyful. So return to your energetic roots, free your mind, free your mind to think about delicious things, a better future. And you'll find that the more you do that, you'll discover that it is your nature to want a future that is best for everyone. Because at our core, we are connected to all of life. And yet each of us beautifully diverse in the way we express that one love, that source energy. Free your mind. Think new thoughts. Think good thoughts. Create.